0: This episode of the Upper Discussion podcast is brought to you in part by Psst,
1: the McDonald's secret menu.
0: Did you know that if you ask a McDonald's employee
1: to just fuck you up with fries, they're legally obligated to sell you a literal gallon of french fries? Did you know that? I bet you didn't. Try it next time and let us know what happens.
0: Yes, yeah, he's come to see you. I an now, Benson, ja, Benson Joe, Benson Joe, ja, Benson Joe, ja, Benson Joe, ja, do, do do Benson Joe, ja,
1: Benson. Ja.
0: It's kind of hype. Is this like literally the Skype music? Yeah. This is super hype. Are you going to play the theme music? or? Uh, I don't have it queued up, so we're just going to imagine that we heard theme music. Oh, Oh man. Another great track from Crackers and Jam. Another great crack from the Jam Trackers.
1: Guys, welcome to the Up for Discussion podcast, the only show on the internet where we talk about the things we talk about in the order we talk
0: about them. I'm Tom Zolotnay. I'm Johan Denora, and with us today... Special guest calling in from his home, not in Canada. No. Joe Joe Canto. uh, Hello. uh, (laughs) Hello. Hi.
1: Joe's a a professor out in New York State and also teaches improv at Montreal Improv. And uh, we're super excited to have him.
0: Lifelong improv hero of mine. I remember going to see Smackdown shows at the old Montreal Improv uh, space. Do
2: you remember that? When when it was you boys, I swear you guys were like... uh, uh sweet you know what i mean you wear bow ties and get all dressed up for it and stuff
0: yeah yeah we'd wear ironic bow tie t-shirts <laughs> um no yeah that was like back in high school that was so long ago now but uh yeah i remember watching joe do hilarious shit as he still continues to do um and it was uh, one of the reasons that i started doing improv was not just uh joe but Smacktown in general and all the performers that i saw back then yeah
2: cool and and uh, here we are right all these laters johan you were in the uh most recent uh you know the, the show that has sort of uh evolved from smackdown
0: right uh, yeah
2: just uh, this friday night we were uh, we were playing together on stage
0: yes yeah, see your your so huh? heroes become your rivals or yeah. something. <laughs> how did that go <laughs> yeah. how did friday yeah. night's main event go yeah did you win uh we did not win so the... joe won oh. joe personally won um, no, Mark's uh, Mark's team won because they were just incredibly sensual the entire show. Okay, no, they were great. Yeah. Uh, it was a really fun show. Friday night's main vulgar. They were, <laughs> they were quite <laughs> vulgar. Yeah. Um, yeah. I never got to Performance SmackDown, but Friday night's main event, as Joe said, is sort of like the spiritual successor to it, right. and it's it's just as fun. I would say um, it's in a lot of ways just like more. F- Focused and they've they've cut out a lot of like there's no openers anymore, which is really nice. It's just right. like an hour of like insanity. It's it's a good show.
1: Yeah, I've done it a couple times and I always love it. Yeah. yeah Joe, super. Uh, Joe, I feel like you and I have been on the same team each time I've done it. Does that uh, sound... Quite often, right? <laughs> yeah.
0: yeah. But... I agree. That's a good lineup. That's yeah. a good roster every time.
1: It's... Yeah. I mean, if if they've got me and Joe Cano every time, it's like, you know. Just fucking solid.
2: Yeah, yeah guaranteed uh, lunacy, I guess.
0: Yeah, not
1: to toot our own horns or anything. No,
0: we wouldn't want to toot. Toot. Let alone into a horn. Uh, so today's Patreon question. <laughs> uh, should I open up with a little bit about Patreon? Yeah, why not? Patreon is a crowdfunding platform that lets creators work directly with their audience to produce the best stuff possible. If you love our show and want to throw us a bone or some money, you can go to patreon.com slash up for discussion and pledge as little as $1 a month. If you wow. do, you'll be joining the ranks of fine folks like Patrick, Gabriel, Kendalin, Candace, Eric, Carlea, and Thomas. And if you give at least $5 a month, you get to tell us what to talk about once per cycle on the show. Cycle? What is this? So Define cycle, the, So Tom. the thing is, now that we've got like... Now that we've got enough patrons pledging
1: at that level uh, that we can't guarantee they'll be once a month, mm. I was like, "Well, it's not once a month anymore; it's once a cycle."
0: What? Uh, well, how much time is a cycle?
1: Uh, basically, yeah, how long just, is a cycle? <laughs> uh, it's about thirty days, and there's a high fertility period uh, about seven days in that lasts about a week. Okay. Yeah. Um, Great.
0: So get your questions in during the fertility period. That's and it. And we will be sure to try and send those to the brood mother. <laughs> And hopefully the gestation period will be long enough that we can get your question on this show. So today's Patreon topic comes from Patrick via his beautiful big brother, Daniel, shout out Daniel, who asked us to talk about fast food secret menus. I'm going to shoot that off to Tom. I've got, um, I was actually going to shoot it off to Joe. Uh, all
1: right. <laughs> Cause Joe, you, you're like, you're like a, you're like a, a tourism guru right like you know about r- restaurants and hotels and whatnot
2: yeah well i, I worked in the uh, and still do uh in the sort of uh, tourism sector in the hospitality industry for uh forever since i'm since i'm 16 years old so uh <laughs> definitely yeah yeah uh, you know in the food and beverage and country clubs and lodging and resorts and pretty much every uh, every aspect of it
0: i feel like country clubs have the craziest secret menus i feel like that's like Quail eggs. Oh, it's
2: you say that. Yeah. Well, often country clubs will come up with, um, they'll just rename something that is uh, already on the market, but they, I, I used to work at this place called the Jupiter Island club on uh, Jupiter Island, Florida, not Jupiter, Florida, but Jupiter Island. And if you've been to oh. both, you would understand the difference. So um, uh, at any rate uh, they had, um, they had a drink there called uh, uh, the Jupiter Island. It was called the Jupiter Island. And all it was, was iced tea and pink lemonade, which is really (laughs) Arnold Palmer, right? Which is really just uh, iced tea and pink lemonade, but uh, it was called the Jupiter Island there. And I found that at a lot of uh, upper crust places that they would just take something that's already on the, like I said, something already in the market and then just rename it and claim it as their own. So it's not, uh, it's not secret at all as, as much as it's just, I don't know, you know?
0: Right. Yeah. It's like, reappropriated it's a false flag operation is that what that is yeah it's <laughs> it's 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 wearing the colors of Jupiter Island Country Club but secretly it is just an Ar- Arnold Palmer oh yeah okay I feel like that would trick ninety percent of people like I, I I don't personally I don't know anything about cocktails or mixed drinks or anything if you handed me something and said it was the Tom's Lani special and it was like a glass of water and cranberry juice I would be like wow <laughs> You, you really if you put your name on that. Good for you. That's actually not too far from the Tom's Latin Night
1: special.
2: <laughs> there, there, there's an expression, right? Mutton dressed as lamb. Yeah, yeah. And uh, it it sort of uh, it sort of feels that way. That uh, you've dolled it up with this with this name, but in reality, you know, it is what it is, right? Because there are only so many ways to uh, to make a thing, whatever that thing is.
1: I mean, I feel like that. W- what strikes me about this is that the Arnold Palmer is already a drink that's pretending to be something it's not. Like it's what you order. <laughs> it's what you order so that you can pretend that you're having a drink when you're actually sober. Mm. Oh, okay. And so to, to take that drink and then take it one step further from like being a yep. real thing. You know, it feels silly.
2: Well, I do have a suggestion. If you do want uh, to have a grown-up uh, drink but not drink alcohol, um, have a, uh, a ginger ale with uh, a few dashes of uh, bitters in it and a uh. lime. It's delicious. It has like a grown-up flavor. It doesn't taste, you know, sickly sweet like a soda pop sort of thing. And uh, it has a nice look to it that uh, looks sophisticated. So there you go.
0: I will do that. I I don't drink very often. So for me personally, like uh, that's actually, that's not a bad suggestion. Instead of just being the guy who's like, "Mm, and I'll have the Diet Coke. (laughs) Well, you're too young to drink too. Yeah,
2: exactly. Right. Or club soda. Yeah.
0: Yeah, exactly. It just feels like the people I'm with... It feels like I'm judgy of the people I'm with because like they all order. their like, I'll have a cider. I'll have, you know, a gin and tonic. I'll have this. And then they get to me and it's like, "Mm, yeah, I'll just have a Diet Coke. Hold the ice, please. It's (laughs) Mm -hmm. just, you know, and I'm not judgy that way. It's just I always feel weird saying that to the waitress. It's almost like a disappointment, like missing the. Well, yeah, (laughs) or or it's implied, you know,
2: I'm being good. Yeah. You know, everybody's ordering. Everybody's going to, you know, oh, I don't know, split the nachos. And uh, you say, "I'll just have a side salad," and suddenly everybody with nachos is thinking, "Oh shit!"
0: A small side <laughs> salad. Hold the croutons. <laughs> Definitely put the sauce
1: on. Yeah, yeah, sauce on the side, exactly.
0: But as far as secret menus go, um, I really, I don't have a. I, I actually feel like this is one of those things. where I have a very boring, monotonous job, and at work, I tend to Wikipedia things just because. Why would I? why not do that instead of working right um and uh, I feel like this is one of those things I like got heavily invested to into one evening so I like read up on them but the one time I really tried to get a secret menu item I went to Starbucks and I think one of I, I can't remember exactly what it was I think it was trying to replicate some sort of cookies and cream mixture and uh, so I asked for uh, a biscotti uh, and a frap. And I said, Oh, but could you put the biscotti in the, and then before I could finish my sentence, the barista just went, no, we're not, I'm not going to do that. <laughs> I am not going to blend up <laughs> this biscotti. She was very nice about it. She had a reason. It's like not good for the, uh, the, the blender or whatever, right. but, um, r- really shot me down there and I haven't had the courage to do it since. Yeah. Yeah. One, uh, one thing that I've discovered with secret
1: menus is that usually you're better off just trying to build it yourself. Yes. So, um, actually I, so I, I posted on Facebook asking my Facebook friends if anyone had experience with secret menus and wanted to share on a show, uh, and previous guest of the show and friend of the podcast, Stefan Speck actually told me about an In-N-Out experience that he had. Um, he's, he said that he got the animal style fries from In-N-Out burger, uh, mm-hmm. in the States and his friend got the animal style burger. Uh, apparently the fries have all the condiments on them plus cheese melted on top and the burger has onions condiments and a mustard fried patty
0: which i think mustard means like mustard fried patty i think they coat they the patty some in mustard? mustard on the grill and then fry the oh maybe yeah this i like hot mustard yeah that's what i'm wondering right <laughs> well like i the... think most of it probably comes off in the frying like as they cook the 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 patty but right maybe like some residual t- that that is the only part of it that doesn't sound good to me yeah it's like maybe it like soaks the mustard in a little bit as it's frying yeah i um i i have actually heard of this i i know that this is one of the more like common ones where like mm-hmm. you can go to an in and out and just say i'll have animal fries right i think it may be a menu item in some locations but it was definitely something that was created by um people who were ordering and then right. it just became so popular i this one i've I've heard of for sure yeah. he also goes on to say i have the copy in front of me here he also goes on to talk about uh, a mcdonald's secret menu item which mm-hmm. i have ordered many times and, and is very popular oh yeah um it is called i'm um, i'm not sure if it's still called this but it is called or was called the mcgang bang mm-hmm. not a great name not a but fan. not yeah. a fan of the name yeah. uh stefan says uh, I've also attempted to order a secret menu item at McDonald's, but they do not have a secret menu. So they just looked at me weird. <laughs> it was a McGangbang. bang. So yeah. I'm thinking that he went to a McDonald's and said to the woman working the cash or whoever working the cash, hey, can I have a McGangbang?" bang? Man, I'm sure they hear that so many times a day and I'm sure every time it's unpleasant. Oh, yeah. they. I mean, especially if they don't know, right? No, I mean, yeah, I, I feel like a lot of people have heard of this. But it's like just it, this is one of the ones where you just build it yourself, like yeah. literally just buy. It's a junior chicken and a double make double or yeah double yeah. cheeseburger, and you just put them together. Yeah, like just order that yourself. Uh
1: well, I I was introduced to that with a different name actually. I my friend Zach in high school introduced that to
0: me as the churger, which I liked a lot. Churger better. is a lot better than mcgb by the way guys yeah the McGee. so are you gonna say joe well what makes that a gangbang i mean like a cow and a
1: chicken well it's two it's two cows and one chicken
0: yeah because it's a double <laughs> double
1: burger i don't Wait, know so man like,
2: so the cows are are double
1: teaming a chicken yeah that's how eggnog is made <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> i've heard of the mix sea air land sorry have you heard of this the mix sea air land no it's um a filet fish, a I think you can do it with a junior chicken, but I think they want you to do it with like a McChicken burger, and then um, just like a regular uh, burger, and you put all that together okay. and eat it. Yeah, I've never Ste- tried that, but I'd like to kill myself with it. Stefan actually mentioned that
1: almost that exact same sandwich, but called it the McWildlife. <laughs> oh, I see
0: that McWildlife is is a rolls off the tongue a bit better. Yeah, oh,
2: yeah, I don't mind that one. Yeah, yeah. You, you know, I, I I feel like uh, In and Out Burger. Uh, secret menu items are their sort of sort of their bread and butter. You know what I mean? Right. There's mm. like there's as many secret menu items there as there are um, regular items, and I'm. I'm wondering how much they're they're uh, sort of playing into this, you know.
0: I think they're playing into it quite a bit. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, Joe, I, I think they're playing into it quite a bit here. <laughs> um, yeah, no, because I, I, that's like everything I've heard about In-N-Out. We don't have it here in Canada, but you have it there in the states. Is is it? Yeah. Well, one isn't it like pretty much only in the West Coast, or it, am I thinking it's something west
2: else? I, yeah, I'm wondering how far east they come. I've only uh, I've only seen them out west. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: So I, I yeah. I've heard that they're maybe only in California, probably now they're, they're more along all the West Coast. But um, I think that's their thing is that they they aren't like a huge franchise in that sense. So they're right. only one place. And then also like the animal fries and all that is that's pretty much all I ever hear people talk about as far as in and outs, like reputation goes food wise. Like, I don't know really what their thing is.
2: I get their advertisements here in uh, here in New York. You know, TJ and Dave, the sort of famous improvisers do a whole series of advertisements for them.
0: Okay, oh, I've never yeah. heard of those two. Yeah,
2: yeah. You've never heard of T.J. and Dave? No. Oh, okay, I'll uh, I'll school you on that some other time. <laughs> Sounds uh, great. They're, they're, they're super. Yeah, they're out of Chicago. Uh, really great. You, you know what I was thinking to myself? I what I find more, not more interesting than than secret menu items, but but uh, interesting certainly, uh, is the idea of regional franchises and how they sort of. Uh, oh, I don't know how to put it. They sort of carry um, uh, an el- an elusiveness, and uh, for that reason, it's almost like romantic. Uh, the idea of going to one, oh, you yeah. know what I mean? I, like, like the idea of maybe for Canadians or whatever to uh, to go to a um, In and Out Burger might seem sort of exotic, almost, you know, because because they're they're just so unavailable.
0: It's definitely something I've heard people being like, like. <laughs> Uh, it's on my bucket list. Like I gotta go get in and out. Like I, w- I need to go to California. Like <laughs> right. it's definitely something I've, I've heard of people like saying, like you just have to try it once in your life. Right. You know. I mean, I'm, I'm no
1: stranger to the food based road trip. I once t- took a two hour drive out to Ottawa to go to a red lobster because we don't have them in Montreal.
2: Yeah, I always feel bad for uh, people in Quebec because they don't have, uh, you know. So many great franchise restaurants that I have available to me down here.
0: I would <laughs> love to go eat Red Lobster. I keep meaning to. And then I'm in a city with a Red Lobster and I'm just like, oh, man, I, I can't bring myself to... I was just in Ottawa. Did, uh, do they still have Red Lobster there? I think so. I assume they would. Yeah. They also have a Chipotle there. Yeah. Another restaurant I'd like to try. And I went I, to a Chipotle in Toronto once. It was fine. Yeah. I've, I feel like it's fine. It's just M4. If you've been to yeah, M4... Yeah, I've been to M4 a couple of times. I, I have heard some people have some nightmares experience with uh, m4 just about like food poisoning and stuff mm-hmm. so uh hopefully chipotle's track record is better than that it's not
2: oh my god no chipotle is, has had in the last maybe 18 months uh real real public relations trouble with uh with food poisoning oh right. yeah this yeah this is the problem with uh farm to table and organic products <laughs> they are covered with like diarrhea you know it, it's it's uh, <laughs> it's problematic that's why whenever somebody goes oh that's conservatives i think to myself oh give me double portion you know
0: yeah people don't know this but animals stand in a field eat grass and shit all over themselves all day so i don't know yeah I,
2: sort of farmers, right so which
0: i was one so do what
2: farm workers
0: <laughs> <laughs> you worked on a farm you say
2: oh spinach farm if you're way out there and you've got to take um can we just say whatever we want on yep this you can say anything. Yeah. Well, I'm not going to go too bad, but uh, but if you need to take a dump and you're way out there in the field, you can't just ask the truck to drive you all the way back. You you take a dump among the spinach. That's the deal.
0: And you don't wipe. Or do you wipe with spinach? I
2: mean, yeah. you don't do it a lot, right? Because how often does that happen? But uh, there were some people who worked there where it happened um, an unusual amount. In my
0: opinion. <laughs> I, I just want to say that spinach is a natural laxative that is true it's very high in fiber it's got some nice we didn't eat that we didn't eat the spinach we picked the spinach no but perhaps being just having skin exposure to (laughs) the spinach for some people was enough to get their bowels going do you think that at a certain point it's like out of spite you're just like oh for sure fuck this spinach
2: well i think there was this one (laughs) i think there was one guy who kind of liked being watched oh was it you joe (laughs) oh no i'm very modest when it comes to that but um you know i I was a kid right so here's the thing about being young you are subjected to a lot of stuff that you don't realize until later in life yes And, uh, and i think i was made to watch a grown man take a dump more more than i more than really
0: were you made somebody. to watch or was he like
2: yeah, not made to watch but there he you know you're picking spinach and there he is doing it and it's in you know it, it's not that far away
0: right yeah it's hard to turn your eyes it's like a car crash yeah i yeah. feel like this guy was trying to be a father figure to you he was like son this is how we do it out here in the wild
1: <laughs> maybe yeah
2: they I, I yeah they they uh they did like they had nicknames for me, like Einstein and stuff like that, because uh, I was going to go to college and, and I had <laughs> and I wore glasses, you know. Where so, did you grow up, Joe? Uh, I grew up in a, a town called Malone, New York, a little uh, dairy town. Just um, well, it's not really a dairy; it's a farm town. It's a dairy uh, and spinach town. It's a dairy and spinach town. Um,
0: Lethal just... combination for the butt.
2: <laughs> <laughs> you, you know where, like, uh, oh, I don't know, like like Valleyfield and Huntingdon and, and those parts of Quebec are. Uh, yes. Yeah, just uh just south of there. Okay. Oh, okay. Yeah. I mean just on the other side of the border, maybe uh eight miles from the border or so.
0: So did you did you used to come up to Canada a lot or is that kind Ooh, of like a recent yeah, thing? Oh yeah.
2: Time. Oh great. But coming to Montreal necessarily, we would go to like these little border towns, um uh, oh, you know, to drink and uh, <laughs> uh, to like smoke Canadian cigarettes or or like to meet French Canadian girls, you know, because uh, like in my high school, if you if you if you had French Canadian girls come and visit you at the high school, it gave you a certain uh, uh, a certain level of clout. Clout—that's the word exactly. <laughs> that was a but that wasn't it necessarily. But it was clout. Yeah. And uh, a gal. Uh, I remember, my friend um, knew this gal named. Uh, mary france brisson and she would come down with her friends and they'd wear uh you know uh, more sort of um uh trendy clothes and things like mm, that and okay the farm girls that are high school would be so mad at them you know they're bitches and all that it was great made the high school dance uh very exciting or or you know like the, the party out in the cornfield
0: sure sure so so the the amount of clout, was it also relative to how French-Canadian the French-Canadian girl's <laughs> name was? Because that was the most French-Canadian name I think I may have oh, ever heard. Yeah, like,
2: <laughs> Marie France Brisson.
0: Yeah. yeah.
2: Uh, and also how French-Canadian they were. You know what I mean? Right.
0: Like,
2: mm. Marie France Brisson had, had, um, you, you know that really straight, straight uh, bangs cut that, that with dark, dark hair? You
0: yeah, know? Right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. It all. Yeah, uh, very, uh, very much. And uh, and everything was super cool. You know, whatever you said, she'd say, oh, Joe, that is super cool. And uh, you that know, also translated that. to clout points. Oh, yeah, because Marie-France Brisson and her friends thought you were super cool. Super cool. Well,
0: shout out to Marie-France Brisson. Hopefully, she's enjoying a, uh, a Mick, what's it called, Mick Wildlife at the moment, <laughs> wherever she's at.
2: Marie-France Brisson would be 54 years old now. See, isn't that the most depressing thing you ever thought? I mean, uh, she's probably
0: no. She's probably still cute.
2: Oh sure, but you know,
0: I think she kept the bangs.
2: Probably. Oh yeah, I'm sure she did. She was great. They were all great. If, if I can, I'm going to ask you guys a quick question. Yes, please. What odd, thing, what odd thing gave you clout in high school? Do you know what I mean? Mm. Like, I, I think it's very specific to me geographically that having French Canadian girls come across the border to go to your party gave you clout, right? What right. what might have given you guys uh, clout in high school that was uh, probably specific to to uh, your, you know, the culture of where you grew up?
0: I didn't really have clout in high school. Sure, but people with the least clout know how to attain the most.
1: I feel like I, I must have had like a medium amount of clout then because I had no sense of that stuff. Oh, okay.
2: Hmm. You didn't recognize clout when it was being um, provided and grown? I mean... I... <laughs>
1: I mean, I think my, there were a couple of clout dealers that I went to high school with who, uh, you know, sold their wares uh, in the staircases and whatnot. But um, yeah, I didn't really get into clout until fairly recently. I was obsessed
2: with clout. How, how about you? <laughs> yeah,
0: I'm I'm trying to think of what would I mean, I feel like it's the same sort of basic things across the board for all high schoolers. You know, being on a successful sports team of a recognizable sport like, yeah, in grade eight, I did play. Like handball, I think. No, it wasn't handball. Highlight uh, something around that level of zero clout points gained of like negative clout. Yeah, no, but so like uh, I, the rugby team at our school was fairly successful. So if you were part of the Clash. rugby team, that clout. Yeah. yeah, yeah, you got some you got some clout points. Um, but our school was also fairly like academically minded. Um, it was not a private school, but there was a pretty like rigorous um. Uh, entry exam so and it was it's a fairly popular school so the people that 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 went to royal west certainly i mean it's kind of expected of you grades are a big part of the culture Mm -hmm. um but i don't know that that like really i think like the best mix you could have would be obviously to be like social and 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 confident play on a great sports team and also be like smart and well-spoken i think you'd have the most clout
1: and maybe if you can also play acoustic guitar in the back of your math class, like. yeah,
0: you could do that. I mean, our our history teacher, um, whose name I will not mention on this podcast, he he would like bring his guitar to class and like had you know a faux hawk or whatever, and would had a sleeve tattoos and oh, would talk about you know I've heard of this guy. sex and stuff. So <laughs> yeah. he probably had the, the he probably had the least clout in the whole school. <laughs> um, yeah, no, I think also that there's a certain point of. Um, clout amongst like who, like you mm-hmm. could be super, super popular amongst popular people, but also be like hated by everyone else. Mm-hmm. I think the best point to be at is where you have a good amount of, <laughs> we've said clout way too many times, but a good amount of clout amongst all groups. Well liked by everyone, I think mm-hmm. is the pinnacle of clout.
1: That's what I, I tried to be like medium liked by everyone was what I was doing. Yeah. I was like, you know, everybody at least tolerated me, uh, because I was just nice to people for the most part.
2: Mm. Yeah. No, not me. Not me. I was a social climber, you know. <laughs> I came from I came I came from Catholic school and went into the public school. And I'm telling you, from the minute I got there, I had my eyes out to what made this place, uh, uh click, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, or uh, uh, because you know, when I was a kid, uh, they tell me that when I was a little kid, um they'd say, "What do you want to be when you grow up?" And I would just say, "I want to be a teenager." <laughs> That's all i wanted to be you know and uh and uh, the the whole idea of the american you know the north american i guess but typically for me the american high school experience uh has always been really um fascinating you know like mm-hmm. like all the tropes of everything and and what i expected and and how some of them played out and and all that sort of stuff right like like for me growing up in the in the seventies. Uh, high school was portrayed through the fifties because you know, like, like my my idea of high school was watching the movie Grease or the TV show yeah. Happy Days. Yes. Right. So I half expected high school to be that, right? And uh, and it wasn't right. It was uh, it was more like, I uh, guess, <laughs> more like The Breakfast Club. You know what I mean? Because that's when I went to high school, like during that time period. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, so uh, so it was, it was it was just super interesting how all those those tropes. Uh, played out, you know, like the school election or the uh, uh, woodshop and uh, like a locker that a girl had decorated with all, you know, with like clip outs from magazines and stuff, all that sort of thing. I was hyper aware of that going on while it was happening.
1: Right.
0: That's definitely something where like so a lot of the movies that I'm sure Tom and I grew up with sort of portrayed high school, not in the same way, but in like a similar way. Um, uh, but those movies, like you were saying, are, are from, you know, more like the nineties and early two thousands, uh, which was not reflective at all of like what my high school experience was. Mm -hmm. And now I see like a lot of films, uh, portraying high school. I feel like people are, I mean, there's still obviously the tropes of like bullies and nerds and these things, but I feel like the big thing now is having the protagonist or having the people who are kind of friends with everybody, Yeah, which I think in movies in the past it was either you were at a like really codified level of social sh- the social strata of like either you're popular or you're a nerd and you're moving up, right? Um, and then the Breakfast Club kind of is an interesting film because it shows everybody. Um, but now, like, so recently, obviously not super recently, but I saw the the new Spider Man movie, right. and like. Uh, Peter is, you know, a nerd, but he's kind of liked by pretty much everyone. Like, to a certain extent, he's not, like, super disliked. Um, And also, other contemporary examples, like 13 Reasons Why on Netflix, the main character whose name escapes me now because I watched that so long ago, um, he's sort of, like, also kind of, like, accepted by every group. Right. Well, I think think that one thing that happened,
1: uh, I I would actually... I would posit that this is Glee's fault uh, Uh, because Glee was a cultural touchstone that kind of had as its core message that, like, everyone is sort of equal. And the best thing is actually if everyone can just kind of get over their shit and be together and coexist. Uh, And, yeah, because every, like, picture of high school I've seen since then has been what you're describing where it's, like, the protagonists are always sort of, like...
0: They're into nerdy shit. Yeah, but they're
1: generally, like... Like Light. accepted by everyone except yeah. for the one douchebag and then like you know there's a couple people who are a little bit nerdy but it's like yeah. generally speaking like it's a lot more like
0: and even the homogenous. douchebag is like sympathetic right yeah the like douchebag in,
1: has like yeah. feelings and you know
0: yeah yeah
2: mm. yeah. I still miss the idea of a cafeteria where all the drama kids sit together and all the jocks sit together and not that it ever really happened but from a standpoint of drama I, I prefer <laughs> I prefer that vision that that's occurring somewhere right that like the cheerleaders wear their cheerleading outfits too constantly. <laughs> you know what I mean? Oh, yeah. yeah, I uh I don't know. <laughs> uh, I uh I almost I almost prefer that uh that trope filled world than just uh, a regular high school where most people are uh you know, pretty nice.
0: Yeah, I guess it's interesting like also as a performer like when we do scenes sort of in these different worlds or whatever, as these different characters, like the easy pull, especially for improv is to go for a trope, something easily recognizable and something, um, with strong character that you can play. So it's interesting, like, you know, high school scenes, I think now still are, are, are really based in that, um, breakfast club era of, of high school and, um, teenager uh culture Hmm. um even though like i've never i've never experienced that i mean i was born in 1996 like my first taste of high school was 2008 right right? like i my completely different culture but that's just i i still think that it's it's that vision of high school is, is prevalent um but now the media that is coming out sort of has a different uh take on it
1: yeah that makes sense to me
2: does does Canada have proms and stuff like that?
0: Oh yeah, we do. Yeah, yeah. but the thing oh, yeah. is, is that most of yeah,
2: do you have like a prom king and a prom queen and all that nonsense?
0: I feel like we didn't. I did not. Yeah, no. But you know, I think that's also. I think that's more is that cause, going away. Well, because in well, no, I just that in Quebec we don't have um the multi tiered like high school system. We just right. have high school. Mm. Um, mm. Uh, whereas in the other provinces, especially like out like West, in the middle of the country, uh, you do have like middle school and then high school. I feel like that maybe changes the oh, dynamic. That, that does change the, dyma- the dynamic. Yeah.
1: Yeah. It's like here here. High school is grade seven to grade 11. And then after that, you just go off to college.
0: And we don't talk about like juniors and freshmen, really. Yeah.
2: Right. I'm, and you don't have that senior year experience. Right.
1: Yeah.
0: <laughs> I mean, senior year for me
1: was basically we were all just ready to leave. Like there was nothing super exciting about it. We all just kind of got tired and we're like, yeah, this is almost over. Let's just push through. Right.
0: I think mm-hmm. I did have like a senior year. I mean, grade 11 was probably like my favorite year of high school for like a bunch of like personal reasons more than anything. Um, but I, I think we did. I think that's the year where we all kind of more came together, where like before that, um, I think people were trying to like figure out who they were and like fit into sort of a this image they had of high school where you're either a nerd or a jock or whatever. And those those kinds of things like create divisions for no reason, like uh, Mm. being exposed to that media and then coming into high school, you're like, well, this is how it's going to be. Right. So it affected your experience. But then once we got to grade 11 and we realized like, "Okay, well, we spent five years with each other now and and this isn't the way high school is. Let's just like chill. I think Mm. people came together a lot more in, in our senior year. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. That resonates with me
0: but we it wasn't like a big party or anything like that or at least not for me maybe i just wasn't invited but uh i i, I didn't feel like mm-hmm. it was like a year full of like uh debauched um senior culture yeah <laughs> debauched senior culture yeah maybe I, maybe i'll get there when i'm 80 and i'm a different kind of senior speaking of people who are 80 um
1: <clears throat> we got a we got another person who responded to the uh the post about um fast food secret menus just to bring it back to this um so uh fan of the show hannah uh commented i've never personally had a fast food secret menu experience but one time i saw this 80 something guy at mcdonald's order like 10 fish fillets but just the patties like no buns or anything it took a while but eventually he got them i don't know if he ate them all just like that but he looked really happy when he left he seemed like he had life pretty much figured out tbh Mm -hmm. that's awesome maybe
2: Maybe he brought them home, you know what I mean? And would cook one a day like in a toaster oven in a bachelor apartment.
1: Oh, yeah. Oh, you, hell yeah. Do you think you
0: could save McDonald's fish fillet
1: patties that long, though? Oh, yeah, I think you could recrisp them easily, sure.
0: I think what Tom means is, would you be able to resist the urge to gobble those sweet <laughs> little golden nuggets down <laughs> to just yummy down on those fish boys? I've never had a fish fillet. They're fine. Are they okay? They're aggressively fine.
2: I think it's more about the sauce. Like most things at McDonald's, they're really about oh, the yeah, sauce, true. right?
0: So this guy should have ordered 10 packets of fish fillet sauce. Maybe he got those on the side and she just didn't see him get them in the bag. I hope so. I really hope so. I
1: just wonder, like, did, were they, like, wrapped at least? Like, did, did they put the patties in a
0: box or I just think they throw put them, them in a box, in? You know, like, I think they put them in a box. I hope, right? Yeah. Like, gross. <laughs> well, they're like little squares, right? So they could fit pretty well in, in those little uh, McDonald's boxes. That's true. Joe, what is your favorite fast food restaurant? Oh gosh, Dairy Queen. Nice. Really? So do, do you, just for the dairy products or do you also order, you get a chili dog?
2: No, yeah, you, do. yeah, you know, at Dairy Queen, oh no, there's one that I like better, but you've never heard of it. It was called Dog and Suds. And I just liked that one because they had one in the town I grew up in and my grandpa used to bring us there, right? You'd have like foot long hot dogs and root beer and stuff. And that was real super. Uh, it's a, it's a Midwest, um, sort of like an N W, but, but even more focused. Does at it still exist? Dairy, uh, I think they have, I think they have them in the Midwest, Doggin says, but they they don't have one in the town I grew up in anymore. It's now a uh, Super Eight Motel, I oh, think. It's it's dark. Yeah. <laughs> well, but but, <laughs> but the um but the Suds turned into a Dairy Queen. And here's the thing about Dairy Queen: they have this uh, way of cooking called brazier brazier cook brazier cran. Yeah, uh, like <laughs> familiar. Stuff, and the the burgers and stuff go on a, like a little like a little. Uh, it's not a carousel what 's a carousel that goes around and around but like it 's like a treadmill down? well no it 's like a ferris wheel, okay I guess, yeah yeah, of, of, of cooking, and it brings it into the space where it gets cooked over i don 't know like like <laughs> lava rocks or something amazing <laughs> anyway um, and I think when the fat drips down, it smokes back mm. up and flavors the meat it 's uh it 's real good, you guys it 's real good, so dairy queen's food is um great and dairy queen ice cream isn't uh isn't that good it's like it's ice milk it's not yeah. ice cream but uh, but the food's good and i do you know i mean jesus christ who don't like a uh, a dilly bar or like a peanut butter parfait right dairy queen's my jam
1: yeah i uh back in high school uh so there's a dairy queen near my church and uh people would always go but i was like super lactose intolerant at the time uh so i'd come with them uh but i would just get chili dogs
0: because I couldn't eat any ice cream. Are they good?
1: They're great. You ever had a chili dog?
0: Well, chili dog. no, I haven't had a chili dog, but I also haven't eaten anything other than ice cream at, at Dairy Queen. Oh, man. You could kill two birds with one stone. Right, it's dog? great. I feel like I'm missing out because for me, I mean, I grew up just thinking of Dairy Queen as like the place you got ice cream, but certainly its history is much longer than I've been alive. Oh, yeah. And that's a so one when rating I saw monarchy. On, <laughs> so when I saw on TV like commercials for whatever, they're, I think their thing for a while was making everything really spicy. Yeah. Yeah. Like their burgers and shit. Um I was like that sounds terrible, right? <laughs> um but no, maybe I should next time I'm have a feeling like I need to eat some uh some junk food, I'll go to Dairy Queen, get yourself a chili dog. Sure, yeah, I do need to try a chili dog at some point. It's something that um Joe, have you ever seen uh Corner Gas?
2: No. Oh wait, yeah, that's on Channel 7. Yeah. Corner hey,
0: Gas, yes. yeah. It's a very very Canadian show. Probably the most Canadian show, yeah. But Brent, the main character, his favorite thing in the world is is chili cheese dogs, I believe, yeah. and every time he goes to Anyway, this is super specific (laughs) Canadian bullshit. Uh,
1: His uh, he had like a brother or a cousin or something who was the janitor at the elementary school I went to. Oh, really? Yeah.
0: His last name was Butt. Yep. That's awesome. Yep. That's super cool. Yeah. Super cool butts. Yeah. I. I, How about you? What's the favorite fast food? Um. For me. Hmm. You know what? I'd probably say A and W. Yeah, that's pretty great. Um. A&W is just, like, all around, like, pretty good. Um, Every now and again, my friend Nikki and I uh, do like to go to KFC and get a bucket and just... The thing about it is, like, the really the only, in my opinion, the only good thing at KFC is the chicken. Like, I don't like their fries. They're just, like, super soggy. um, And I don't eat, like, macaroni salad. Apparently, it's very good at KFC, but I'm I'm not about that. Mm. So, but I don't eat it... It's it's like a ritual thing rather than like, oh, I'm hungry. I'm going to go to A&W. Right. Um, and this doesn't count as fast food. But if we're talking about like quick food, um, uh, Lebanese food, like no, any absolutely. kind of like shawarma place is easily my favorite. Yeah. But I don't think it fits in the same conversation.
2: Sure. No, no, I, I, I agree. it It is. Uh, it is great, though. Yeah.
0: Man.
1: Mm. yeah, that's it. Like I definitely I get, you know, shawarma and shishtook a lot more often than I get fast food. But mm-hmm. uh, I think my go to fast food is Wendy's. 'Cause there's a Wendy's that's about a forty minute walk from my front Holy door. Cow. Uh and it's a, it's so satisfying to walk from home to a Wendy's and back and get like a Yeah, just you a, get some
0: like exercise there too.
1: Yeah. It's like nice. And they they the thing that does it for me is I really like when a burger is served to you in the like the weird like wax paper lined tinfoil thing.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh, like yes, a, yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah.
1: Like that aesthetically is the way that I like to get my fast food burgers. And Wendy's does that.
0: I believe AW does that as well. I think so. Wendy's is is good. Um I haven't had Wendy's in a while. It's weird. You live in an area where like Wendy's are not that um, popular in in Montreal. I don't know if mm-hmm. in the States, maybe there's like a lot of them, but here I I really only know of maybe three, and two of them are within like walking distance of each other yeah. from Tom's house. Yeah,
1: like I could walk to one of them in about 40 minutes and <laughs> the other is... in about an hour.
0: Yeah, like they're they are sh- they're on the same street, just on <laughs> yeah. opposite side. No, I don't even think they're on opposite they're not, sides. They're, they're on the, the same, same side of the street, just a- like a few blocks down from each other. Yeah. I think there's also like a burger thing. I don't
2: King. even think of Wendy's. I don't even consider it. I, it. Like if you would have asked me to name fast food restaurants, I don't know if I would have even thought of Wendy's. Okay,
0: name fast food restaurants because I know for a fact... You have way more in the States than we have, certainly here in Montreal, just because of the language thing. Oh
2: Well, now I can't. Yeah. I don't know if I can think. Well, (laughs) well, certainly you have, like, like we have A&W and Dairy Queen and uh, Burger King and uh, McDonald's, and now I'll say uh, Wendy's as well. What else do we have? We have In-N-Out Burger. We have Shake Shack. We have, uh, for Kentucky Fried Chicken, jeez, we have Kentucky Fried Chicken. We have Popeye's, and we have a place called Church's Fried Chicken. Those are the main fried chicken <laughs> <laughs> oh <you have>, no. <laughs> uh, well then you then you have uh taco bell and quizno's and kidoba and chipotle wow we have a lot of fast food in america huh um and then you have uh, like all your chinese uh restaurants but like the fast food one is panda express yeah. so um that's you a run lot the of, gamut uh, for sure food. yeah it's good yeah. Right? oh and there's a place called uh Hot dog on a stick. When I lived in Las I've Vegas, so I think they still have. So oh, yeah, we the concept where it was basically hot dogs, and uh, the, the the uniform was really odd. The uh, folks there had to wear. It was almost like circus tent, striped, broadly striped circus tent shirts, and
1: a hat that was very tall. Uh. It almost. Did you ever see? Um, did 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 one of them work there on uh, that '70s show? Maybe a place like it.
2: I've never seen that show, but. Uh, they were popular in the 70s and 80s. Hot dog on a stick, so they might have made fun of that that uniform. It was a super tall brimmed, like a baseball cap, except the the cap part was it, it like it got jiffy popped, you know? Oh, that's oh my fun.
0: god! I um, I this is not fast food, but at Juliette et Chocolat, which is um, I I wonder if that's yeah, fancy. yeah. I wonder if that's only in Montreal. Or oh, Quebec. it must be yeah anyway it's a it's a chocolate place they they do all kinds of you know brownies and waffles and things
1: lots of vegan stuff too
0: lots of vegan stuff yeah they're 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 pretty well liked um anyway all the um staff have to wear these like um red like parisian artist caps like the kind of person (laughs) who wears like all black and white and like paints you by the canal or whatever like that's that's what they have to wear it's very silly especially because they have really they're really nice and courteous servers you have to have like two years of serving experience before even applying like Mm. they're really cream of the crop but they are wearing wearing these goofy fucking hats when they're talking to you it's very funny
1: and the french artist hat makes them look like they're gonna insult you a little bit too and so when they come to the table and they're being friendly it it really throws you off it does yeah 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 yeah, for sure Joe, you mentioned Taco Bell. Uh we have I think exactly yeah. one Taco Bell in Montreal yep. and it's a combination with a KFC and it's at the end of one metro line. Um oh, or Two? Yeah. Yeah. But I once went there. <laughs> you know exactly where it is. I once went there with uh my roommate Will and a couple of our friends and we bought I should you not $130 worth of soft shell tacos to bring to a party. Oh. Sure. I don't think that's that
2: unusual for people to go and spend over $100 on things like like soft Shell Tacos. Yeah.
1: It was nuts cuz you could get like 10 of them for like 5 bucks or something. So we just got like a ridiculous <laughs> amount of
0: tacos. It was a big party. 10 of So like 2000? <laughs> that can't be right. That 200. 2000. What am I out of my mind? 200 sounds right. 200. It yeah. might have been less than that. I it was a lot of tacos. is what I'm saying. That's crazy. I I does Taco Bell have the same kind of stigma in the states that I think it has, or at least had here. That is gross. <laughs> that is... <laughs> I mean, don't you mean? Yeah, exactly. More that it's like, yeah, unclean and, and yeah, ill, ill prepared. Yeah. It's, it's, it's low end for sure. What other low end fast food restaurants are there? <laughs> well, McDonald's, but I don't think McDonald's is low end. Oh, Arby's. Arby's for sure. Arby's is like the, the bottom of the barrel. Oh,
2: um, Yeah. White Castle mm-hmm. maybe.
0: Yeah. Anything where you can get ten of anything (laughs) for five bucks is like yeah. Yeah. Uh,
1: Yeah. I got a I got a couple of fish tacos at a Carl's Jr. when I went to Anaheim.
0: I I can't (sighs) believe you make these decisions. How were they? Not good. They were they were they were passable.
1: Oh okay.
2: Oh man, California, and you had fast food fish taco.
1: Well, I was in Anaheim. Oh, yeah, Anaheim's a bummer, yeah. isn't it? Where is Anaheim? I'm, it's like me. Disney. Oh. It's it's really just like the only things mm. there are hotels, the yeah. convention center, and Disney. That sucks. Yeah, and
2: food, and,
1: and dumpy fast yeah. food joints. Yeah, I, I did a lot of Denny's and IHOP while I was there. That's IHOP the I'd, I'd really
0: like to go to. I still have not gone there. Are you a pancake man? You like a fat stack? I, I do. I, well, my dream... <laughs> Johan's like raising a hand up right now while he says this. My dream about pancakes... Is What I want is the pancakes that you see on the Aunt Jemima bottle, mm. right? It's a stack, maybe like eight tall, fluffy, nicely brown on the top, mm. white around the sides. Yeah. Then the little square of butter melting down on all sides perfectly. And then the the syrup that drips down from the top down the sides of the pancakes, which I've tried to do before. And it, that is a terrible way of applying syrup pancakes. <laughs> Because you get syrup on one pancake and then a bunch on the bottom. Yeah.
1: You've got to you've got to kind of lift each pancake and like
0: no, as you as you place them, you put a little under, place another one, put a little. Oh, that makes way more sense. Yeah. That's my dream. The same the another dream is um having the blueberry pie, like in the cartoons, where it's like basically a millimeter of crust and then just like thick blueberry. Hmm. All blueberry pies I've ever had are like more of a crumble. Oh, yeah. It's a disappointment. Mm. I
2: tell you, if you're ever uh, down this way, if you guys ever like come to Lake Placid, New York, where I live, uh, a little further south, just a little further south is this diner called the Noonmark Diner. And they're famous for pie. Mm. And uh, I tell you, I turned Vance Gillis onto these pies. Holy cow, man. They make uh, the best. And it's kind of like... Um, uh, what pie is supposed to be you
0: know oh i would love to try that yeah
1: how long is that it if
2: you remind me i'll bring one up for you guys sometime what's your favorite flavor pie? i'm an apple
1: pie guy i, I like straight oh, simple
2: i'm not i'm not i'm not smuggling apple pie across the border it has to be something worthwhile
0: strawberry rhubarb yeah we
1: talking
2: go now. there we
0: okay. go i i am yeah. telling you man my dream is just that blueberry pie i have a vivid image of that simpsons pie <laughs> you know what i want I want
1: pizza that looks like the pizza from the Goofy movie. You know that oh. one they he pulls the slice of pizza and the cheese just like waterfalls off of it and slaps back up. That's what I want.
0: <laughs> I I definitely think that it's like yeah, I, I I like Domino's is nothing even close to that. The cheese is like like caked on plastic. Yeah. I mean it's still delicious but That's oh, great. No, yeah, I want a floppy sloppy piece of slice of pizza. I want that floppy sloppy. <laughs> oh god. <laughs> A good calzone is great
1: too.
0: <laughs> yeah. So Lake Placid—that's the most vulgar thing I've
2: ever seen in Lake <laughs>
1: That can't possibly be true, Joe. We've known each other too long.
2: I want me some of that floppy, sloppy. <laughs> no, I don't. You're already saying
0: it. Um, are there a lot of uh, comedy, like, ah, how do I say this? Maybe. Comedy places
2: in Lake Placid? No, no you know, Lake Placid is a very tiny town, right? There's only two thousand five hundred people. Oh, live okay. Here. Never mind. It's a it's a tourist town, so we get a lot of. Uh, visitors but um the it's one of those tourist towns that the type of visitor changes a lot so you people often have to have a product that is uh, i don't want to say bland but i will say bland bland enough to appeal across the uh to to all sorts of people like pie and uh yeah apple pie right (laughs) So the the, the idea, eh, Tom. The the idea though is that I, I think a, a comedy club uh, would be a, would be a tough sell because um, uh, not all of these demographics um, uh, would would enjoy that. For instance, like in in June, um, we have uh, the horse show, right? Three weeks of horse show people in town. So that, that's a very specific crowd, and they wear their jodpers downtown, and that will. You've got a horse
1: show and a pie place. Yeah. Oh, you said, you said that's in June. Uh, okay, yeah, that's in June. <laughs> it's really great. I'm going to, I'm going to come visit you in June.
2: And uh, by the way, a third thing that happens during that same time is a, uh, a judged um, barbecue festival. So that, that's the week. To Holy come. shit.
0: Yeah. No kidding. Okay. I'm marking that yeah. off of my calendar for next year.
1: Does that, really does really that like... overlap with horse week?
0: Uh, yeah. Oh. yeah. Uh, during Horse look, horse show, Pie,
2: 4th of, uh, 4th of July in a small in America, and the barbecue festival. Horse show pie, 4th of July. That's huh. got to
1: be a Springsteen lyric.
2: Then it turns into Iron Man comes next, and then rugby tournaments, and then lacrosse tournaments, and then uh, like bus tours of older people to watch the, uh, uh, the leaves, you know, peep a little bit, and then really low end bus tours. Uh, when the when the leaves are all still gone but they're still bringing the, the folks through and then we get early skiers uh and then christmas week and then uh uh mid season skiers you know what i mean so there's always a different uh type of person in town and uh that doesn't lend itself to something like a uh like a comedy club or something like that where you need a consistent uh type of person you know what i mean to to fill it right
1: up. yeah it could be hard to it's hard to tell how to sort of market those shows if you don't know who's going to show up at any given moment. go no, that's exactly it. Yeah.
0: So, so no. Sure. Uh, but do you ever do but, like improv or comedy in the States or is it all just Montreal?
1: Well, uh, I guess
2: all the performances in Montreal, unless I bring, uh, I brought troops from, uh, Montreal down right.
1: before you were just there for DCM, right? Uh,
2: yeah, but, but I'm, but I'm talking about, uh, here to the Lake Placid area, uh, specifically, <laughs> um, the, the school where I teach, uh, I had, uh, Three troops come down, and we, and we did uh, we did show out there one time, and that was uh, that was an awful lot of fun. But just recently, I've started uh, teaching some improv classes here uh, in the mm. area, and I would, and I hope to uh, continue that a bit. I'd really like to build an improv culture. Um, yeah, that's really cool. Yeah, around here because uh, there's a lot of artistic types. I I just want to make sure that they uh, have this as an uh, as an option mm. uh, as well. You know, to you express yourself and just to sort of well, you guys know, right? I don't have to uh, preach to you about how it can really um, be very fulfilling.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I think it's a it's a really cool outlet, and like it's been one of the one of the better performance
0: venues for me, at least. Yeah, Montreal Improv has like um, just grown so exponentially, it seems, and uh, it's it was for a long time, and still, I guess, pretty much is the um, the only place in montreal kind of doing that and i mean montreal's a huge city relative to uh to lake placid certainly so having uh i imagine that having something like that in your area would be uh great for any kind of young artist or performer um or or just anyone to that you know maybe doesn't have the outlets to figure out that that is something they enjoy doing
2: yeah and and uh and of course i believe that uh improv is just as important for people who uh, the idea of performance itself is, is not the goal, you know, Yeah. just the idea of kind of uh, working with a team and listening to somebody else and realizing that you aren't in charge of the entire story uh, being told and true collaboration and all those sorts of things. Uh, I think it's really, uh,
0: really transformative. Definitely. I think it's a great skill for anybody That needs to just work with any other person. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Being able to think on your feet and being able to uh, collaborate like that. Well, and also just being able to like,
1: like I think improv teaches you how to listen better too, right? You
2: have to, right? You have to shut up for a second. Which is hard for people like me, for instance, you know?
0: Yeah, I've been thinking recently that that's something I I need to like practice more on stage. Um, Just shutting up yeah well i have a tendency to freak out and tr- and and try and get a lot of words out um mostly because i i think i just like like painting a scene like i want the audience to like really like understand very clearly but i, I don't think it's like necessary you know and also just taking more of like a sideline role hmm. um coming on as like uh, uh just like a like a jump on and then like jumping off
1: right yeah learning how to just be support
0: yeah, really, like, taking uh, a more support position. Because, like, obviously, you know, like, yeah. a, like, a big thing I do is, like, all, all the characters and shit um, that I do. Uh, certainly just all you have to do is listen to the last episode. Um, but that that's, you know, how, taking that skill and translating it to being, like, a secondary character supporting rather than feeling the need to, like, tell the story or or really advance the plot myself.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I have a question. Do you two think of yourselves
2: as funny people? Like, I mean, growing up, were you... The
1: funny one, I I think I was, and I I suspect that you know if I ask people that I grew up with, half of them will agree and half of them will say no.
0: Mm, okay. <laughs> um, I recently have kind of been thinking like I I, I definitely don't think I could write like jokes, like stand up is not something I don't I think I could do. So I'm not good like funny that way, but. Um,
2: yeah I think okay you know, I, I, I want you to listen to the question again so do you think you're a funny person meaning growing up were you considered like
0: uh, one of the funny ones yeah sure but I, I don't think yeah. now that I consider myself like a like. <laughs> you're a, not funny anymore yeah I lost all that no I, I just don't think I'm like a funny person like that you guys
2: are so Canadian right you you, you don't dare to tell me something that you possibly did so uh so the answer to both of that is, yes, I think I am, uh, not only do I think I'm funny, but I'm considered funny by other people. Would you say that's true?
0: Oh, yeah, sure. Yeah.
2: Okay, great. So, because I, I have a follow-up question. <laughs> uh, that is true. Uh, can you name, like, the moment that you sort of understood that being funny was um, currency in a way or it had
0: cachet?
1: Hmm.
2: Or possibly not, I don't know.
0: Well, can you, can you, Like, do you consider yourself a funny person? Uh, <laughs> here's the thing. I swear to God, I think I'm really funny. Yeah. Okay, good. So uh, I, you, tell yeah.
1: you,
2: t- you tell us, you tell us. Because I, I was thinking about this just the other day. Um, I was up at uh, uh, my, my grandparents' place. And when I was a kid, I mean, maybe when I was, gosh, six or so and, and this was up at their their place what we call a camp in the States. I think you guys call it, I guess everything's a cottage to you. But uh out in the out, out in the woods, right? A camp. Um and it was a rustic enough camp that we had to have uh like a chamber pot upstairs. Like like if you had to urinate in the middle of the night, you weren't gonna go all the way downstairs and then go actually outside the camp to urinate. You would urinate in this in this chamber pot, right? Sure. A little kid. And the chamber pot was like it was sort of attractive. It was shaped like a really big oversized, uh, like a teacup, you know what Uh. I mean? Just just to be whimsical about it. And uh, at the same time, there was this um, advertisement on television for Red Rose Tea. And uh, there was a line from it that said, uh, a competitor of Red Rose put out this commercial uh, saying that this product, which was made, I think, in Canada, uh, was better than Red Rose, which is made in Great Britain, and they would have uh, sort of like British Canadians look at the box and say, um, "So sorry, Red Rose, you're not my cup of tea anymore." <laughs> and then they would, they're Lipton or something, you know, some some uh, some North American tea. Anyway, I uh, was bringing the chamber pot up because we were going to bed, and I turned on the stairway uh, and all the, all the old people were in the, uh, in the living room. And I delivered that line, and pretended to take a, a sip of tea from the chamber pot. And, uh, the whole room, uh, went fucking wild. And I thought to myself, um, all right, that felt good. That felt real good. And, uh, and I, for some reason I remember that moment as a moment where I'm like, I liked that, uh, positive attention.
1: So I'm wondering if you guys have a similar mm-hmm. moment. That's, that's really fun actually. Yeah. yeah. Um, I don't, I don't know about a specific moment when I was young and realized that, but I've definitely had moments since then where like a joke has landed really well, like in social settings, that's made me kind of feel better about things or like, you know, work that I've done has been appreciated by people who like I look up to and they've been, you know, laughing about it. And I'm like, Oh, Oh, cool. All right. Neat. Um, Mm -hmm. But in terms of like seeing it as a currency, like I don't know, I I probably picked up on that when I was young Um, just because my mom is like my mom is super funny and snarky and like has no filter. So like I kind of grew up around that kind of culture where like, you know, she would just say what was on her mind and often it made me (laughs) laugh.
2: (laughs) Right. So, So being funny was valued at your
1: house. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah. 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 So that,
2: that's why I think of it as currency, right? I right. mean, it, it it was, it was worth something. Yeah. it had value. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. How, how about you, Johan?
0: Um, I, yeah. So like Tom, I, I don't think I can like pick up out the first moment, but I think an, a time that stands out to me, um, they used to play like, uh, we used to have the movie channel and, um, often for some reason, like the Rocky films would play, or maybe it wasn't often, but my dad would always tune in because he loves Rocky. And uh, I can't remember why this started. I think he had it on mute because my mom just hates the Rocky movies and she was cooking in the kitchen and he didn't want her to know. (laughs) It's his secret passion. That he was watching Rocky, maybe. It was on mute for whatever reason. So I just started um, like not lip syncing, but kind of overdubbing the dialogue for all the characters, (coughs) including Rocky. That's a good game. Yeah. Yeah. And I would, I was just like making up the story. Like the story I was telling was obviously very different from the, I've never, I've never seen a Rocky movie fully, so I don't know what the fuck's going on. Um, all I see is, you know, Rocky and an old guy. So I was doing the voices for both of them. And my dad, like when my dad laughs, it's like, he's going to die. Like he doesn't like laugh super hard all the time, but when he does, it's like he, he's like a little kid and seeing that i think that was probably like the first time i ever saw him laugh that hard at least at something that i did i was like oh wow okay like this is something i can do right and then like a bunch of other moments as a kid
2: for sure but but yeah i, I could see where that would stand out especially uh if your dad wasn't an easy audience right mm-hmm. and and you were able to crack that that's pretty great
0: yeah no my dad's like not uh he's not like a hard ass or anything like that it's more just that like he it was just like the how hard he was laughing. I was like, this really has struck something with Red. you personally that has like brought you somewhere else. It happens a lot of improv shows. You hear people's laughs change to just like mm-hmm. maniacal, yeah. hysterical laughter, like uncontrolled. It's really nice. Actually, it's it's nice to hear.
1: Oh, for sure. Uh, cool. Well, um, we're that that brings us to the end of our show. Uh, no. Yeah. I know, I know <laughs> we're, we're having so much fun, but we, uh, we do need to call it a day. Um, yeah, uh, so we're going to start, we're, we're, we're kind of doing some changes to the way that things, uh, happen, I guess, format wise around here. Uh, and one of the new things we're going to be doing is that we're going to start giving little shout outs to folks who follow and retweet the show on Twitter at down talking. Uh, so today we want to give a special shout out to Celtic Rose, Celtic Rose, um, for supporting us uh, since day one of the podcast and retweeting, like, literally every episode. Uh, so thank you. Rose. Yeah, shout out to you. Thank you so much. Yeah. Uh, and if you guys want to get shout outs like that, you can retweet the show and follow us on Twitter at Down With Talking.
0: Or individually. I'm uh, at Johan Denora.
1: I'm at Tom Zalatnai. Joe, are you on uh, Twitters? Do you have a place people can find you? I think I'm at Canto. J-O-E-C-O-N-T-O. I don't tweet very much,
2: but... Um... Maybe I will, uh, maybe I will more. So yeah,
0: fair enough. For sure. For sure. It's a great way to promote your shows that you're in and stuff.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's true. Like I should do that. Uh, and do, do you have anything to plug any upcoming shows or anything? Uh,
2: ooh, uh, no, I don't. I don't have uh no, I'm, I'm in that weird state of flux, uh, getting ready for school to start again. So I, I don't have a lot of yeah, things. Fair bad.
1: enough. Well, uh, keep an eye out yeah. for Joe at Montreal Improv and also around Lake Placid. If
0: you see him, <laughs> tell him you said hi. Thanks so much, Joe. Appreciate you coming on.
1: Yeah, thanks. I, I hope I
2: didn't, um, uh, you know, commandeer
1: the...
0: <laughs> the no, man, too it was much. great. I, yeah, this was super
1: fun. Yeah. Oh, good, good. Great, great. Great to yeah, hear. Thanks, thanks for so coming. Much. We'll have you uh, in person sometime as well. I'd love it. Yeah, I'd love to sit in. Uh, so guys, remember, you can rate and review the show on iTunes. And I just found out you can do that on Stitcher as well. So if you're listening to us on Stitcher... Maybe give us a rating and review. Uh, Seriously, guys, it is a really significant way for the show to grow, uh, and we are trying real hard to grow right now. So if you haven't rated and reviewed the show yet on iTunes and or Stitcher, please go do that. Uh, Maybe we'll give you a little shout-out next week. Um, Maybe share this episode with uh, one friend who you think had a lot of clout back in high school. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and uh special thanks to Crackers and Jam for letting us use the title track off their EP Benson as our theme music. You can find all their music for sale at crackersandjam.bandcamp.com. Yes, see you.
0: Benson, Benson,